Hello and welcome to the Hunted Podcast. We are brought to you by Wreck Broadheads. If you haven't checked them out, definitely go check them out. Uh, they are, to me, I believe they're one of these broadheads that, that they're going to take off. So if you haven't checked them out yet, absolutely go check them out. They got expandables. They got two blade fixed. They got four blade fixed. Um, Levi went through and put the hammer down with some of the, the XPs. I finally, the XP, get, yeah. finally got that right after so you many episodes. It. I'm shooting the FX4s, and I know they. everybody always says like they fly true, and they fly like darts, and they fly like field tips. I'm not joking. These suckers absolutely do. When I went through and set my FX4s up, all I did was I'm, I'm not bullshitting. I went through, put the tips on, and they flew, hit right where they needed to be. So 100% go check them out. Let Matt know that uh, you figured, found him through us, and we'd greatly appreciate that. Then we got a smaller little local one. It's Wild Oak Whitetails, real good buddy of mine, Corey. This man knows so much about deer pee, it's almost sickening. And the amount that he knows about deer pee, you would think there's definitely something wrong with him, which there absolutely is. But uh, we're more than happy to have him. He's a veteran. He's a veteran, does all the does good stuff for veterans and things like that, too. So make sure you go check them out. Um, he's on Facebook, and he's just a little nothing hole-in-the-wall fella, but he's a great man. Make sure to go check him out and get you some good old buck lure pee. And then Dominant Strands, Bow Strings. Uh, Lewis is actually, he's veteran uh, owned, operated, and all that good stuff too. His strings are phenomenal. He went through and did some for Levi and I, and it, I, I can't say enough about him. Um, he went through and did a episode with us already and chit-chatted away and filled us in with so much good, valuable information about you know kind of how to store your bow, what to look for on strings how strings are done now and things like that. So make sure you go through and check that episode out, get some good information off of that. And then we got ECW hunting calls. Jeff is a, I know I keep saying this about our sponsors, but they really are. All of our sponsors are just awesome. Right. They're great. Great they, people. They are great people. So make sure you go check Jeff out. He does every type of goose call. He does snow geese, regular geese, duck calls. Um, he goes through and does, uh, calls out of like old bourbon barrels so he, he hand makes the the boxes for the calls and everything i mean he's great great man who he's also veteran i guess i never really thought about this we got a lot of veteran operated companies that we go through yeah which is phenomenal so make sure you go check him out um and then a good buddy of mine marath welding he goes through and he chases that dollar man he's always out going around welding up stuff from being multiple hundreds of feet up in the air to he'll crawl underneath some grain truck and get it all welded out and figured it out so make sure you go check them out and then we got national land realty who's kind of just joined the trip with us haven't they because you just got yeah. got the word with them yeah i just switched over to that company um great great company if you're looking to buy or sell uh you know wherever you're listening at Mm-hmm. Um, contact somebody in your local area, and uh, they will they'll take great care of you. I'm I'm just tickled to be with them. And didn't you say too that they they do hunting po- or not hunting uh, do a podcast also? So yeah, yeah, they do a podcast also. So they could go through and people had questions and kind of kind of what what's what's going on realty because yeah, I mean they they they've been touching base on a little bit of everything, mm-hmm. um, you know, in the real estate world. So if there's something you may have a question on. Uh, whether you want to contact your local agent or maybe something that's been talked about on a podcast, jump on there and, mm-hmm. and give them a listen. 
Or you. They can piece these people yeah. contact yeah, you about con- this now, right? Yeah, you can contact me anytime. That's awesome. Awesome. And then finally, we got Nature Made Jewelry. We actually went out to try to find some stuff to help Levi and his wife getting these jewelries done. And I believe Levi's kind of full of shit because we walked a little while, a little while, and we did an episode about how he was saying, figure this out, figure that out. And I was following everything he said down to the and, letter. And you found one. One. Just one. Come on. You're sitting here. You can't and, find them all. Oh, that's bullshit. We should have went through and found them all. But like I said, if you haven't checked these, check out our sponsors and everything. They're all great, wonderful people, wonderful to work with and everything like that. Um, We do not have a first responder or a military shout out. So what we're just going to do is, which we're going to keep doing until you guys go through. I mean, you can DM us, you can email us. If you got somebody that's, you know, in your family, you want to go through and give thank you or you know, somebody that you know, or just anything in general, as far as military first responders of any kind, you know, let us know. We'd be more than happy to give a shout out for him. Maybe, so, maybe Chris has one. Oh yeah. Chris, do you, do you know any, any first responders and military people in your life you want to say thank you to? I, I do know quite a few, actually mm-hmm. a bunch. And I'd just like to say thank you to all of them because I could go on forever. So. Right. I mean, it's, yeah, no it, doubt. They're definitely those people that were even, even if you do not like our country and things like this, like, these people and everybody should understand these are the people that go through and control this absolute chaos that our world 110% could be all day, every day. Cause it could be way worse than yeah. what it is. Absolutely. So we're just going to go through and give a moment of silence for the people that have fallen. So here we go. So with that, if you had somebody that has fallen, be it in the military or first responder, we're sure you're going through, you know, some pain and some agony and stuff like this. But at least the three of us right here, we we truly do want to say thank you for their sacrifice and everything that they did. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, but with all that being said, if you guys want to see what Levi and I are up to, make sure you follow us on Facebook and Instagram. And then we're kind of getting it going here. Um, hopefully we'll get some turkey videos here before too long since that's the season that's coming up maybe a couple how-tos and kind of what what we do or if you're listening to this episode on whatever platform that you listen to and you want to see our ugly faces and everything like that or today might be one you might want to check out because chris was wonderful enough to fill our table here with some some antlers and they are phenomenal the, the i'm sure watching them on this, your phone or tablet or whatever it is, is not going to do it justice but make sure you go and check us out on YouTube and keep up to date with everything like that. So, and then finally, then we're going to go ahead and jump into this. If you like this episode or any other episode or anything like that, and we greatly would appreciate it, go through and give us five stars. Um, that goes through and helps us out. So we know that, you know, with what we're doing, people are like and everything like that. And we're not looking to get big, rich and famous, but we do want to hear some positive feedback. Let us know what we're doing and everything like that so we can keep on doing it. So, we're going to get rolling into this one. I always feel so long-winded after going through and... You are long-winded. Spitting all that stuff out <laughs> and everything like that, but we're going to get all into it. So I'm going to, because like I was saying, we're recording this at the same time. I'm going to go through and check and make sure we're recording, so I'll let Levi kick this off right quick. So as you're going to see in the video of this podcast, all these antlers here in front of us. I mean, this is this is incredible what Chris has brought here to show us all. And I guess we're just going to start off with the deer you shot this year. Yeah. 
I mean, what an absolute giant. You know, like we were talking earlier, just so much packed into a little compact frame deer. It's yeah. like, it's just, it's unreal. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm thankful that you brought it in and let us actually hold it and see it. I mean, it's, you, you just have to be here to look, really appreciate it. I mean, it's just a phenomenal deer. So I guess, how much history did you have with this deer? So it, it go back to 2020 would my brother-in-law found been his right side in the field in the spring we didn't know anything about him except for my neighbor his dad said that he's seen a, a double drop time buck not a big one mm. behind the house several times and uh so will called me he's like hey dad said he's been seeing a double drop time buck behind the house it's not a big one but it does have drop times on both sides. So we're like, man, you know, we run a ton of cameras. So mm -hmm. never seen it, never had no pictures of it. That spring, my brother-in-law finds it on the point of what we call Animal Island on our farm. So that was basically our first step of having history with them. 2021, we start, end of October, we start getting picture after picture and uh friend of mine clark cummings had called me that summer he said hey dude you got a you got a double drop buck that you guys know about on your farm i'm like i said no not really but i told him about the previous year out at ponders and he said well here's the thing he said i just seen pictures of a double drop buck and he goes it's an absolute giant dude and he goes it's a mile away from your farm to the north and i'm like really so I said, did you get, he goes, the guy wouldn't give me pictures. And he said, I tried to get him. He said, one of my buddy, I said, one of my buddies hunts just south of you. No, I'm not releasing no pictures. So we knew that there was a, a big deer up in that area. Well, I told Clark, I said, hopefully get pictures of him. I think it was, I want to say like October 30th or October 29th, somewhere in that time frame. Me and my boy were sitting at the table. It's 10 o'clock at night. My phone goes off, and we were, we were running cutties on the farm. And I open it up, and I'm like, dude, look at your phone. I didn't even say what it was. He, he opened it up, and so we had our first good pictures of that deer. And we were both freaking out. So then all my buddies, you know, there was five of us hunt that farm, and everybody got the pictures, so my phone just started blowing up. Mm -hmm. Dude, that double drop deer finally showed up, you know, and uh, super pumped, but so pumped. But then again, we started looking at him body-wise, what the one shed from the year before, talking to the neighbor, and, man, he just, we didn't think he was mature. And not knowing exactly what he scored, but we figured he was definitely in the 70s, 170s, so... We all sat down and decided on on our farm that we were going to pass them, oh, 100%. That's, that's, that's awesome. So, because we had some other good deer that year, too. So, we're like, you know, we got other good deer, so let's just, if we get a chance, let's pass them. So, then me and my buddies were talking, and my boy, we're like, we just hope we don't see him. So, about how many people, you know, when you said your buddies and your boy, and about how many people knew about this deer kind of in your little area? I would say <clears throat> between three farms is basically where, well, between four farms is pretty much where he spent most of his time at. And 
those four farms, I mean, that's what, close to a thousand acres. Um, so probably eight or nine people. Man, that, that's a lot of willpower yeah. for these eight or nine people. But get. not everybody was on that pass page, though. I don't oh, know. Okay. So, so, okay. And so we went into the season hoping that we didn't even get a chance to kill them, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, so in the second week of November, I was sitting in my stand in the morning, and at 7.17, I looked at my phone, and I had a picture of him. He was probably 250 yards away. And I'm like, oh, no, no. And it was an awesome picture. He's up hitting a scrape stand on his back legs and uh, hitting a licking branch. And I'm like, God, please don't let that thing come by me. Please don't let him. I mean, it was such an awesome picture, too. So my buddy texts me. He's like, dude, he's on the farm. I'm like, I know, I know. I'm here right now. And uh, he's like, oh, man, I hope you get a look at him. I said, I don't even want to see him. You know, I really don't. So I never seen him that day. Two days later, at 10.15, he came right by the same camera, hit the same scrape, and i never seen him that day. And then we had multiple other pictures. we never seen him one time that entire year in 2021. And the crazy thing we noticed, like, we had a lot of pictures of him that year. We never had a picture of him with another deer, with a doe, with any other bucks, nothing. He, every picture, he was by himself. So, anyway, we, we went through that year, and one of our hit listers, my buddy Rory, shot. Uh, we called him the we called him the King Steel, and that's because uh, our neighbors Kings and then Steels, so we called him the King Steel Buck and ten pointer, awesome deer. He ended up shooting that deer in twenty two, and that was the only deer we took off our farm. Or in twenty one, I'm sorry. So. We get through the season, we still get pictures of him, you know, as, as, as it comes into, you know, before the season ends and we know, we, we know, we're pretty sure he made it. So in off season, spent a lot of time driving around, you know, looking at fields mm-hmm. and just watching deer. Well, to the north of us, uh, the people that used to farm it, uh, he was an older farmer, didn't have the best equipment in the world. and. I couldn't ever figure out, I was like, man, why does all my deer always leave and go straight across the street to the north? Well, I figured it out because this guy was just leaving so much crop in the field every year. <laughs> I mean, I mean, just old equipment and just, so a lot of times my deer would just bail out and head north and they'd, they'd winter up there. So I was watching all these deer. Well, one of my buddies, Mitch, him and his dad took that farm over that winter to start farming it. They, they don't get to hunt it. Hey, let's get to farm it. Well, he's a big outdoorsman too. Mm. And so um, I told him, I said, called him one day. And I said, dude, I swear to God, I seen double drop out in that field. And uh, then another day I seen him out there and I said, man, he's going to, he's going to puke both his horns off out there for sure. And so it got closer to the shed season. Well, Mitch called me one day. He said, Hey man, I'm, I think I'm going to, I know it's only the first week of February, but I think it was like the seventh, sixth or seventh. He goes, I'm just gonna go walk that little piece where he told me, and then I'll just walk that and I'll bail out. And he said, where should I park at? And I said, just park right up there and walk, start in that grass and just hit all that grass and then work towards that point to the east. And within three minutes, he called me, dude, I already found one side of him. That's crazy. And so he's like, hold on, I'm gonna call you on Snapchat. 
And of course, you know, like kids in the candy store, right. we're both just freaking out, going crazy. And so he ends up walking it, picks up a bunch of sheds, can't find the other side. So he ends up he ends up putting a bunch of time in there to try to find it. And it's a big farm, it's 320 acres. And it's pretty nasty, gnarly. It could, I mean, it could have dropped anywhere and mm -hmm. never found it. I mean, needle and haystack kind of farm. So the March, I don't know, 10th, 11th, somewhere in there, I got up in the morning early, woke up, went out, decided I was just going to go listen to turkeys just for something to do. It was nice out. And I was just going to go sit and listen to turkeys gobble on the roost. I walk in. Don't even hear a turkey gobble. I'm sitting there, go to walk back out, get back to my truck. I'm like, man, I still got like a little while to kill before I got to go to work. You know, it's still too early. And there's this little, this area along the creek that I hate walking because there's railroad tracks there. And I always find dead deer there. And I just, I hate to walk mm. it because I never know what I'm going to find. I'm like, man, it seems like I always find a deer I don't want to find. And I got back to my truck and I'm like, dude, I'm gonna go back in and take that couple hundred yard walk. And, and then it, this trail goes and then it cuts out and that's where they cross over the railroad tracks to cross the street. Well, I go back in there, start walking it and I almost get to, I mean, I'm literally like 15 yards from walking out to where I'm gonna hit the railroad tracks. And I look up and I just seen a horn sticking up in a bunch of shit and I'm like, I was looking, I was like, oh man, I could tell something good, but I was like, oh man, thinking deadhead, you know, mm -hmm. got hit by a train, got a little bit closer and I seen that drop tine sticking out and I seen those just shed and I'm like, there ain't no way. So walk up there, pick that thing up. I call my buddy Mitch and I'm like, dude, I just found the other side. He's like, are you freaking kidding me? You know, I'm like, no, I just found the other side. Call my wife. She thought I was getting murdered or something. I was screaming <laughs> off the phone. She's like, what's going on? I'm like, I just found the other side of Double Drop. She's like, oh, I thought you were getting murdered. So, uh, It's one of those, oh, you, you know better. If I was getting murdered, I wouldn't call you for help. <laughs> exactly. So, so anyway, uh, those sheds were, one as a crow flies, they were 1,440 yards apart. Holy shit. Yeah. So wow. that, just, that just goes to show you... Um, how far i mean they say all oh, them bigger ones you're going to find them within two or three hundred yards mm -hmm. that, and yeah. not not to get off subject these sheds here mm -hmm. 1.2 miles yep so wow yeah yeah that's now yeah. How, how close the railroad tracks was this this other side S 60 70 yards that's crazy and the crazy thing is like where he dropped like there's a bunch of head trees through there so if if he'd have came around the corner and laid that shed on the ground, they'd have been able to see it. Guys off the railroad would have been able to see it for sure because it had been on the wide open. Mm, I wow. mean, if you know, if they were cruising back into the yard and looking over, I mean, it had just been sitting right there, but he dropped it right before he got to that open spot. So that's crazy. Otherwise, and I wasn't even shed hunting, you know. Right. I wasn't. I was out listening for turkeys for you season, just to try to see what we had going on, just something to do. Well, that's what we and, need to do then. Yeah. We yeah. just we need to go listen for turkeys. There you go. There's your and, next big shed tip. Yeah. Just go listen for turkeys. <laughs> and I haven't even touched that spot this year because I'm like, maybe I walk back in that same spot same day and get lucky again. But you know. There you go. So anyway, going from the sheds to the following 
you know, 2022 season. So I just want to interrupt. So these sheds here, are these the ones that you found then? Yeah. So. Yeah. Just... So that's the shed that, damn, we're getting everything. We're getting everything all up. There we go. That's the shed my neighbor found, or my buddy found on the neighbors. Right. Just want to make sure everybody can see this. I mean, these suckers are, I mean, they're gnarly. Just as this, I mean, they don't, you can definitely tell that they're together, but what catches my eye is them brow tines, man. Yeah. I mean, they're even tall on this, but when you got him, I mean, they were humongous forks. I mean, they, they remind me of like those, like your your grilling tools that you go through and you the, the forks, whatever they call them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Man. Yeah, these, yeah, these cameras don't do these justice. So, okay, sorry. I'm, oh, just, no, I'm, just, mes I'm just mesmerized. Yeah. No, and then that, that's the one that I picked up, turkey scouting, so. And it's crazy, you're that far into March and it wasn't even touched. It, it was in a good spot because it's just a solid hedge timber and it's not a, there's, you know, it's not a big squirrel spot, at, you know, really, so. Couldn't ask for anything better then. No, no, and like that, uh. That chisel point, man, that's why I love, I love that, that on that drop, mm -hmm. you know, it's super cool, so. Yeah, this thing just all around. Yep. All right, we better get back into it so we don't <laughs> sit here and keep going. <laughs> so anyway, like uh, carrying on to the next season, you know, just as far as our farm is a, it, it's a, there's not a ton of timber there. There's good timber all the way along the creek, but then it's just it's just a bunch of ditches and draws and and uh, which in all reality makes it a little bit easier to hunt because you ain't you know you don't have big giant stands of timber. So once you figure that farm out, you know you always got your main crossers that they're always going to come through every year. Well, so camera wise, in the last six years since we started hunting it pretty much figured out, you know, every year where we can put cameras mm -hmm. and get good quality pictures, you know, especially, you know, once it comes to the end of October, well, a lot of times, you know, we'll putting cameras out early, just don't get, don't do all that good on pictures. And uh, it seems like the second or third week of October, it'll pick up a little bit, but that third week and fourth week, it's like, they just start showing back up again, you know, yeah. coming from, wherever they're summering at, coming back in, rut farm between ours and the neighbors, you know. And so got to be the end of October, no pictures of them. First first few days of uh, November, no pictures. We're all like, man, dude, he's got to show back up at some point, you know. Well, then I get a picture sent to me, and it got leaked from the neighbors. It got leaked out. But somebody got the picture and they mm -hmm. sent it to me. And I'm like, oh, my God, he's alive. And I seen what he was, and I'm like, oh, my God. This deer, I mean, he's blowed up. So uh, finally, the end of the first week of November, we finally got pictures of him. And then we started getting pictures and pictures, and he just stayed there between ours and the neighbors. And uh, so hunting-wise, Never seen him, never seen him, never seen him, never seen him. Picture after picture after picture, and no daytime picks except for we had one hitting a scrape. The year before, we had several daytime picks. So 
Come first gun season, so I laid an eye on him and hunted. I hunted my ass off all year, but um, first gun, it would have been Friday. Let me think about this. Yeah, Friday of first gun. That afternoon, I was moving to go switch stands, and I was sitting there, and I heard a gunshot on the neighbors. And uh, Heart instantly just dropped, I'm sure. Not, no, you know, really? <laughs> no, it didn't, because I was just like, you know, I, whatever. And, but in all honesty, it kind of did get me a little bit, because I didn't know anybody else except for, you know, one of my buddies was going to be over there hunting, and, and he didn't say nothing about going hunting. So I'm like, well... I get this group, we get this group snap and uh, said, hey, boys, think double drop might have just got shot. And so I thought it was my buddy Will. I'm like, oh, man, damn, Will shot double drop. You know, I'm like, who shot it? And he told me, I was like, I didn't even know who the guy was. And I'm like, well, evidently he has hunted there sometimes or whatever. Well, long story short, he came by chasing a doe and uh, – it was all it all happened real quick i guess he shot at him didn't know if he hit him so but he he thought that he seen him limping when he walked off so next day they found some drops of blood that went into ours so i went out there and we tracked it for 70 yards into ours and it was just you know little minuscule drops of blood so i'm like man hopefully hopefully he's doing okay you know mm -hmm. hopefully and so I talked to I talked to him that day. I said, "Where do you think you know?" As far he goes, I think I might have hit him in the back leg. He goes, "It just he was chasing a doe and didn't take a real great shot." But, mm -hmm. um, so now I'm freaking out, trying watching our cameras. Then my cameras go. All of our cameras take a shit. Our, our whole cutting link system took a shit, and I didn't want to go in and. I didn't want to go on our farm all the way back there because it's a mile deep. I didn't want to go back and have to try to mess with these cameras and start bumping deer all over the place. So right. we just agreed. We're like, hey, it is what it is. I mean, let's just leave them and just don't mess with them. So I bow hunted in between the gun seasons and never seen them. But my buddy, one of my buddies that works for a railroad called me. He's like, man, I got some pretty good news for you he goes and i'm not a hundred percent on this but he's like there's not too many deer around like that in that area he said a guy that works the railroad and i got talked to me he's like he's not a deer hunter he goes but he come up he said man nate he goes i'm pulling in the other day he goes dude i seen this buck he goes, i never seen nothing like it and so we asked him where it was at and so he's like man that so he got pictures, and he's like, is this him? He's like, dude, that was him for sure. That's crazy. <laughs> so he called me and told me that. I'm like, well, and thank God, you know, he's still alive, you know. So uh, Nate asked him, he said, he looked messed up or anything? He's like, dude, I, don't, I didn't even look at anything but that damn rack on him. He's like, I, he looked fine to me. But so going into second gun season, I knew he was still alive. So Thursday morning, the second gun, I'm not even hunting in the morning. I'm going to wait to hunt in the afternoon. I'm going to go out at noon. And my shop is directly across the street from where I hunt at. I pull into my shop at 
8.15, I'm unloading some materials out of my truck, taking it in, walking in and out, and it's all a big wide open fuel, some ditches coming out way across the road. And I look out and I see a deer walk out in the field from what we call the trailer ditch. There's an old trailer that sits way back in the woods. It's like 600 yards off the road. And I look and I and it wasn't a big body deer just from, you know, from the eye, not glassing it. Mm -hmm. And well, made a couple trips in and out of the shop. Well, finally, I got binos laying in my window and I opened the window up and I glass across the street and it's him. Oh shit. He's in the he's in the field at like 8:35 in the morning, all by himself feeding, which is crazy weird. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I called my buddy Rory, and I'm like, dude, double drop is in the field, right across from the shop. I said he came out of the trailer point. He's like, what? 8:30 in the morning? I'm like, yeah. And so he's like, well, man, dude, it's gun season. What are you doing? You got to get on him. I'm like, there ain't no way. I said, why do I said I could come in from the backside? And try to sneak him, and but we had a horrible wind. The wind was out of the south, so I'm like, the wind's horrible. I said, there ain't no way. And he's like, well, what are you going to do? I said, I'm just going to sit here and watch him, and hopefully I can see where he goes and, you know, goes in. And I know he's probably going to bed somewhere in that area. If I can watch him where he beds, then I'll just try to make a decision what I'm going to do this afternoon. Well, as I'm watching him. The deer works his way out in the field. Now he's probably 150 yards from where he came out. And a coyote comes out of that same ditch and walks out into the field and goes right up to him. He didn't run up to him. He just walked up to him. And I'm watching all this through my binos. I'm like, what in the hell? And he turned around and looked at him. He just kept his head down. He's just eating like crazy. I mean, like he hadn't ate forever. And the coyote walks up to him. And he gets about 10 yards away, and he keeps turning around looking at him. He's back eating. And next thing you know, that coyote actually gets right up to him. And he turned around the first time. He spun his head around and actually hit him. Actually hit, actually hit him with his horns and pushed him away. Well, he just dropped back a little bit. He just sat down and just watched him. So kept feeding. That coyote went back up again. And when he went up the second time, he kind of went like that and pushed him away. The third time, he actually turned around and, and took off, like, Charged at him a little bit. Well, he ran right back in the ditch. So I call Rory back. I'm like, dude, this coyote is literally on this deer. He's like, man, he's it's that injury, dude. He can smell that injury. He's like, yeah, man, you yeah. gotta go after him. So the the day before, I was walking out of my enclosed trailer, unloading stuff, and I slip, bang my knee against the edge of the trailer, and like my kneecap, like kind of dislocated and then went back in and like i was limping like hell man i was hurting so bad i'm like dude i don't even know if i can make that walk <laughs> he's like what you're skinny ass you gotta be i was like man my leg is dude my leg swelled up i said i'm hurting like hell he's like he's like man you gotta go after him i said man is this the wind i don't think i'm gonna be able to pull it off he's like here's the thing if you don't go after him and he goes to bed somewhere we might never see him again until shed season and then find him dead. Right. And so I took, he's like, take some video of him before you go. So I, I took some video and sent to him and uh, I called him back. I said, dude, I'm, I'm going, I'm rolling. So I was on my shop just, I mean, shaking so well. When I was looking up through my binos, I had to go get a bag of, or a box of contractor bags and set my binos on that and hold my hands behind my back. <laughs> 
Because I, I couldn't do it. I was shaking so damn bad. And uh, so anyway, I threw all my stuff on and I had it plotted out how I was going to try to do it. And I got all the way. I went down the road, crossed the road, got all the way to the first ditch and I came up it and he was he was east of me. And so I was going to be good on wind there. Well, when I got up there, there's a bunch of concrete that poured on the end of the ditch. So I got up behind that, walked up, and he was sitting out there probably 250, out dead middle of the field, heading towards what we call Animal Island. And uh, so I uh, watched him for a little bit, took a little bit of video, and he was just staying out there feeding. So then I'm like, man, if I go all the way around, get to this next point, that's gonna put me a little bit closer. Well, by the time I got down, went all the way around, went to the next point, crawled up it, I couldn't see him because the way the field crowns out. So I'm thinking either he made it all the way to Animal Island and went into the Animal Island or I just can't see him because the way the field crowns. So there's a waterway that goes up. So I crawled the waterway, got up the waterway and then the field peaks out and I crawled up and I kept looking. I'm like, man, he's gone. You know, he ain't there. I looked again, and, and then finally I looked further back to the east, and he was still in the field, but he was almost to what we call Animal Island at this point. He was probably 100 yards away from it, which in all honesty, like a little over 200 yards for me. And so I went back down, got back down that ditch, and I sat there for a little bit, and my buddy Rory texted me. He's like, dude, what's the deal? I'm like, He's about, I'm, I'm in this ditch. He's about to go into Animal Island, into the point. He's like, what are you going to do? And I said, I don't know. And he calls me, and I'm like, I said, what should I do? He's like, man, I don't know, dude. I'm like, you know he's going to go in there in bed. And a lot of, we, on that point, there's a bunch of grass, and we've watched so many deer bed, so many bucks bed right there. It's like a perfect vantage point. You know, mm -hmm. they can see everything going on. And so he's like, Man, I just I'd sneak it all the way back to the east and then cut over and then come right back up that island and just crawl the whole thing. So I was like, I went back, I ended up crawling back up and I watched him go in to the I watched him, he was probably 15 yards away because it drops off into there, and I watched his antlers disappear. I knew exactly where he went, whether he was gonna go in there in bed or not, but so I came back, went, walked all the way down to the to the east went back north and got to the island and then it's kind of uphill from there and i just i just crawled the whole thing and it comes out to a, a little point and i got to there and i got up and started glassing and all i could see was the back of his head and his antlers sticking up mm. right on the edge and it was like 65 yards oh wow and he was looking straight to the west like back towards my shop mm -hmm. and so I'm like, oh my God. So I just, I laid there. I was texting Rory back and forth. I'm like, dude, what do I do? And he's like, you just got to lay there until he gets up. And I'm like, man, if he gets up and goes any direction but out, I'm, I'm never going to get a shot at him. I said, he's like, what the hell is she going to do? And I said, I don't, I really don't know. So I got up again and looked. I'm like, man, the way the elevation was, I could, I could, there was a deadfall and it, it had fallen and laid back into the woods, but it was enough to, if I crawled it, I was gonna be good, you know? 
I got up to that, which put me at 45 yards. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. So now I'm laying there, and I'm 45 yards away, and he, he hadn't changed one bit from the first time I glassed him. He's still looking straight west, and he's just laying there right on the edge of that piece of woods and that grass. And I'm like, and I'm behind this deadfall, so I'm like, man, I got to get out around the edge of it, and I'll just lay right here, because that way if he gets up, I'm going to have shots if he goes north, south, or west, or back towards me, I'll be good. I start moving around it, and I ain't shitting you. I, I crunched like the smallest thing of my elbow or my knee, and he, he just jumped up like that. I mean, like within a second. And he bolted down into that ditch in the Animal Island. I'm like, oh my God, man, I just blew like a 1500 yard stock. And which I knew when I left my shop that day, I knew the chance of me shooting that deer was like. Pretty slim. Yeah. yeah. It, that never works. Right. Ever. But so I just turned and held my gun straight down in that ditch. And. I couldn't see where he went. I thought he bailed across the field and went towards the creek, for sure. I couldn't see that, but all of a sudden I heard him coming. And I could then I then I seen him. I seen his rat coming. So I just picked a window out and just I never moved my gun one time. I was like, you know, dude, you gotta you gotta do this. And he walked right in that window and I shot him. He turned right back around where he came from and I couldn't see him and I never heard him crash, but I, it was a 25-yard shot. <laughs> so, I, I mean, and not knowing, maybe I blew it because, I mean, but I felt good. Like, as far as the giant deer, like, usually I just kept telling myself, man, you can't blow this, which I thought I did. And then, so, I laid there, and I was like, man, I know I, know I had to hit him. And... Waited for like 20 minutes, and I just laid there with my head on the ground, like hands over my head. I'm like, just listening. I'm like, never heard nothing, never heard nothing. Finally, I got up and I walked down that ditch, and I was looking up, and I'm like, man, I should be able to see him. I, I definitely missed him, or I hit him, and he ran across the field into that, into that creek ridge. And I walked a little bit further, and then I seen his antlers laying in this. Mm in these, you know, bushes or whatever, and walked around the corner, and I called I called my wife, Darla, was the first person I called, and she had no clue. She thought I was working. She had no clue I was going to hunt, because <laughs> I told her I was going to work and then, you know, go hunting in the afternoon. And I, I'm i pretty emotional outdoorsman, so, like, when I, when I made that phone call, uh, I, I was about three minutes before I could even get out balling my eyes out, man. Oh, yeah. I mean, bad. Like, yeah. and uh, she said, uh, what are you doing? I said, and I kept trying to say, I shot double drop. It just wouldn't come out, you know? <laughs> and she's like, are you hurt? And I'm like, no, no. And finally I got it out. And she's like, what do you mean you shot double drop? Are you working? I'm like, well, I'm supposed to be. But, you know, he came out in the field. I said, it's the craziest story ever. But I said, I just shot him. She's like, well, is he dead? And I said, I'm sitting here right next to him right now. Wow. He's dead. That's crazy. And, and I hadn't even I hadn't even touched him. I mean, I hadn't even touched his antlers, nothing. And then I called my buddy Rory, and I'm like, bro, you ain't going to believe this. And he's like, what? And he goes, he goes no, there ain't no way you just shot him. I said, dude, I shot him, man. And I still haven't touched him. He's like, how's he looking? I said, I don't, I don't know. I said, I ain't touched him yet. So I'm just sitting here. 
I said, man, you got to take that in. Oh, you know, absolutely. It's one of those deals. So, and so my wife bailed out of work, and she went and got the side-by-side, but I just sat there the whole time in complete disbelief. I mean, like, how could – you could do that a million times in your life, and it just never oh, yeah. works never. out. But I'll be – I mean, 100% honest truth, like, ain't no doubt, I would have – not saying I've never had a chance to shoot that deer, but if it weren't for that injury, when you got yeah. shot through that back mm-hmm. leg, that's why that deer was out in that field feeding. That's why that coyote was after him. And, you know, when he went across the field, he was walking fine, He, you know, and when he jumped up out of that bed, he jumped up and went. But And where he got shot was, like, right above the, like, the kneecap, mm-hmm. and it went right through the meat, and... At first, you know, because I hadn't messed around with him, but then when I got to looking at him, I mean, when I got up to him and actually moved him the first time, that injury, it it stunk so bad. Like, it it was infected, full of infection. And so, like, you know, if I wouldn't have, if I wouldn't have that, if I wouldn't have taken that opportunity that day, I mean, maybe got lucky and got another chance, probably not, but... And that when we had that cold snap, he'd probably been yeah, dead. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I mean that coyote that day was on him pretty good, but he was still 100% good to you know protect himself. But that cold snap, I don't think he'd have made it. I mean, mm, yeah. that, that would have done him in. So, um, yeah, it. You know, you never know. But if it wasn't for the neighbors shooting him, I don't know if I'd ever had a chance to shoot him. Yep. Might have never seen him this year, you know. So to me, that's, that that's just a crazy story from start to finish. All these people knew this, like you said. Your your neighbor shot him and gimped him. I mean, it just kind of sounds like it was almost like a two B, like it was meant right. to be. Everything just Everything came full just, circle. Exactly. And, yeah. Yeah. It uh, <clears throat> it it for, like it was crazy because after I shot him, and then uh, of course, um, you went back to my shop, and I didn't I didn't really. I didn't really tell anybody, but my wife sent a Snapchat out to a couple of our friends. Uh-oh. And it got everybody's calling her, dude, Donovan just shot double mm. drop, you know. And by the time we left and got back to the shop, there's already people in my shop. And <laughs> and then, like, the whole day, that whole night, it was it it was almost overwhelming. Like, you know, I didn't even really get it because I was so just – I don't, you know how, I mean, to oh, shoot, yeah. you know, a, you're so overwhelmed. Well, I don't, like, I, I don't know, well, how, I, it, I don't know I, how it is, but I, I can imagine. Well, I mean, through you. Yeah. But I mean, so it was like, I don't know. It was like, I, it was awesome because everybody's super cool and, you know, mm-hmm. but like, I just needed a little time for it all to sink in. Like sure. even the next day, you know, I just. I couldn't even believe it went down. You know, I was just so in awe about how it happened. In that and fog, still trying to figure it all out. Yeah. So, like, is this yeah. real life kind I of deal? I woke up the next morning, and I'm like, and I got, I'm drank a few beers that night, celebration, you know, celebratory beers. But next morning, I got up, and I'm like, man, did that really happen yesterday? Right. Or, you know, but, um, yeah, really the whole story with him, I mean, you know, never, ever getting to see him. And then, you know, picking up both his drops a year before and then, you know, all the pictures and then how it all came about and then the neighbors shooting it and thinking we're going to find him during shed season. And it just, in all honesty, it's just pure damn luck. Oh, it really, in all honesty, it's, oh, yeah. it's luck. It kind of makes you wonder, you know, with all the all the cameras that you guys run, you know, and, and the amount of time that 
you know, went by that you never had pictures of him or, mm-hmm. you know, all the neighbors, you know, depending on how many cameras they run and everybody just looking out for this deer and yeah. not being able to personally lay eyes on him. I know. How many deer this size fly under the radar? Oh, absolutely. You know, I mean, that, that just goes to show, you know, and everybody thinks just getting on a trail camera rant here, you know, they think I got... 10 cameras out here i'm going to see absolutely everything that goes through and yeah yeah no no you're not the best thing still is get your ass out there and go see what's going on yeah that's and we we've watched we watch it year to year you know running so many cameras and and you know you'll have those windows you know during primo rut where all of a sudden you'll look and this deer shows up and you're like man what the hell deer is that and that'll be the only time you see him Mm -hmm. it'll be there one day and he's gone Mm -hmm. and you know every year we get some deer like that but on this farm, uh, we do every this, every year. We put a lot of pictures together to deer we have, just because, as I told you guys earlier, we got um, 700 acres of family ground that my wife's grandmother fortunately lets us hunt and uh, um, and got a bunch of good guys hunting it. So it's uh it's an awesome place and we're all on the same page so that's huge absolutely to have that much ground all tying in together and then my neighbors to the west um they're exceptionally good guys and Mm. we share pictures and then my neighbor to the east uh that's another 320 (coughs) acres and we're uh we're really good buddies so Mm. you know we we all kind of share everything so it's uh it's something that uh you know, I fell into, um, thanks to my wife and and uh, her her parents and her grandparents, but uh, just fortunate to have something where we can have that much acreage to control mm-hmm. what gets shot and what don't get shot. You That's know, awesome. yeah. and have, did you notice kind of how similar his story is with Aaron's as right. far as the neighbors and everybody kind of right. coming together? Very similar. I know. Yeah. I, I listened to that. Did you? Yeah. yeah. The, yeah. The, I mean, as yeah. message like when you were talking about how like you know. The neighbor got a hold of you about this. I mean, nope. I'm sitting here thinking like deja vu over and over again. Yeah, but I, I mean, but that just goes to show like you you do need good neighbors in a yeah. way to go through to that, communicate with you, go through like this. Like it's a common goal for everybody to go through and do this. And, and that's it, that's what I, I push a lot of, you know, most people I'm friends with, you know, they're all outdoorsmen and our other lease, uh um the guy that uh is our neighbors back to the west you know as soon as i got there first thing i did was got his name i called him and we became good buddies you know never knew him mm-hmm. and uh i mean that's what you gotta do i mean that's what's all about oh yeah. it, no it absolutely and is. you know like uh the thing that bums me out about the outdoors anymore is i mean i know everybody wants to shoot a damn big buck everybody does but you know in all honesty if everybody pulls for each other mm-hmm then you're, you're going to be way better off. But there's too many guys out on the other side of the fence that they're all about themselves. Man, if we'd all just – the brotherhood, you know? Exactly. It's supposed to be the brotherhood. And, and we've lost a lot of that, you know, too competitive mm-hmm. anymore. I mean, come on, man. It's, we're pulling for each other, mm-hmm. you know? Exactly. It's ruined a lot of friendships. It's oh, ruined, yeah. ruined a lot of, you know, neighborly relationships. Mm-hmm. And Yeah. It's just fa- – it, Families, it, you know, they yeah. go through and fight and do this and all that. It, it's yeah. – it's, it's a damn deer at the end of the day. It, it it's, really is. It's a is. damn deer. And, it really is. You know, it, if you're buddies with your neighbors, you got that good, you know, communication, and they shoot that deer, this deer, any deer, whatever deer it is, mm-hmm. 
you're just as damn happy if they shot it if you shot oh, it. Oh, exactly. You know, you're celebrating, and, you know, it's the mm -hmm. same deal. There's no different. Yeah. You know, at least somebody, you know, especially a big mature buck. I mean, because, you know, the, they only stay big for so long. Mm -hmm. So you got a short window of killing them when they're at their prime, and you got to pull for everybody to try to get it done. And you know as much as I do, that ain't very easy. No. I don't care how many guys you got out there. I mean, exactly. it's a, it's a, it's a tough deal. So. Yeah, sadly, and it's going to sound kind of weird because, you know, we're doing a podcast here and we're talking about social media and stuff, but so much of it is through the social media. Everybody wants to be social media famous and do this and that and show, you know, I can I only kill big deer and I kill this and that, you know, it, the, that whole camaraderie is gone. But with that being said, though, for people that go through and they can do this and stuff, I mean, me and you, we didn't, we didn't know sick about each other. And right. through the outdoors, me and you became, you know, really good buds and stuff and then same thing with clark you know i, yeah. didn't, I didn't i didn't know nothing from him for nothing in the outdoors you know put us yeah. together and everything so i mean yeah on the other hand you know there is the the positive like if you do it right get stuff figured out and everything and i mean shoot i mean i just met you today and everything like this and i absolutely man you are you're my buddy now oh i know <laughs> he, he, i knew coming down here to do this podcast so thank you guys for having me because i've never done one before mm -hmm. and I, I was super pumped about it it's addicting it's addicting oh yeah no oh 100 <laughs> yeah. so uh i knew as soon as i showed up i'm like well my buddy i was talking to my buddy nate and he goes you guys are going to get shooting the shit, and you'll have half the podcast done before you even start the podcast. And I mm -hmm. said, oh, I get yeah. it, too. That's, and then we and that's exactly, that's exactly what we did. We better get to it, or we're going to ruin the whole damn thing. Uh -huh. so, exactly. No, but it's a uh, – yeah, I just – outdoorsmen need to, you know, recreate that bond and, you know, pull for each other. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, like back in the day, you know – gun season you know growing up when i was a kid mm -hmm. you know which honestly wasn't that that long ago but it's like everybody hunted mm -hmm. your neighbor hunted your dad hunted your brother your, your mother whatever everybody hunted there was deer camps there was you know deer yep. chili going beer drinking at mm -hmm. the end of the night you know you just you had that group bond with everybody mm -hmm. and you just you don't see it that much anymore no. you don't see that whether it be here or anywhere you know not too long ago i was watching an episode of driven with pat and nicole and they were talking mm -hmm. about just pulling you know i think they pulled a camper out on their farm you know and and got like past dad or you know or nicole's dad or somebody you know and and kind of recreated that deer camp that they used to have mm -hmm. back in the 80s and early 90s you know and it was good to see that you know coming back around again yeah oh, absolutely. absolutely i actually guided uh pat and nicole for a couple of years so they came back to Illinois and hunted, so. Yeah, I heard that they had a couple of places somewhat near around here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I think they were, at that time, they were actually hunting just down the road from where we were at, shed hunting. No today. shit. Yeah, they were kind of over in that area. Yeah, so that's, that's kind of what I heard, too. I, I won't give away the, the details of the location, but I remember leaving one morning and just kind of cruising around the block and seeing their truck mm -hmm. there. I'm like, yeah, oh, that's pretty neat. Yeah. Well, yeah. That kind of brings me into something else that, you know, real quick want to talk about, because like me and you were talking earlier, like there's so many people that go through and they don't realize that there is this caliber deer in our little area. You know, everybody thinks they got to go to Kansas. They got to go, you know, you got to go way down, down to Texas, you know, get this and that. So, I mean, this is just proof, you know, 110%, you know, you put in the effort, do the scout and do this and this. I mean, there, there is large deer around here. Oh yeah. And I think, uh, I think really right now, as far as you know, good deer, deer numbers. I think we're probably sitting probably just as good as we were sitting back in the early 2000s when it was, you know, late yeah. 90s. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, it, it everybody started kind of taking up hunting more. 
and people weren't passing, you know, quality deer. They were just shooting bucks. And but now, and then we had the EHD bouts, which really brought everybody down. But I think, man, I, I just feel like these last two years is just there's so many. Yeah. You know, just good, good deer, up and comers, and then just a lot of awesome deer. Mm -hmm. And I think something too, I think we've talked about this before, is it seems like it's, I guess you'd say, the cool thing kind of right now is like being in the outdoors and the hunting and stuff. And things it like is. It's like the younger generations coming through. I mean, um, some of these locals, I know me and you've talked about this before, like they're having like archery teams, they're having like fishing teams, yeah. they're having, you know, they're, they're getting these kids out in the outdoors and stuff yeah. like this. I mean, I know personally that I got you know you little a young lady and a young man that like yep. blew my mind wanting to hey can we get into this and stuff and i'm you you want to get into this yeah you know my friend so-and-so you know they sent me pictures of this i want to get into this like i told you before with my wife like never really got into it and this and that and i went out and got a turkey last year and i mean it was i don't even know if we got all the way to the truck she's like can you take can i kill a turkey next year i mean it's just it oh. just seems like it's snowballing which is wonderful and amazing but at the same time it's like make sure that if you if you got some property you want to keep your eye on your property because oh, yeah. they ain't making no more property so no. it's kind of like yep. the other thing to where you're going to get like you know a niece or a nephew going to grandma and next thing you know you're you know 320 acres you got like this and that and all of a sudden you're you're dwindling that sucker down about 40 because yep. seven other people got permission to get on there exactly and you know and and 10 years ago I remember reading an article and you know, a lot of these uh, outdoor sporting, you know, Bass Pro Shops, Cabela's, they're all, they're all starting to worry a little bit because, you know, the decline in youth hunting was, it was for real. I mean, and at one point, I think they, they, the average hunter in the United States was like 51 years old. Oh, and that. there was such a decline in youth. And they were talking about, man, we need to do more stuff and get these kids involved, you know. And, but I feel like it is starting to make a comeback. And like you said, I, I coached our Knoxville High School bass fishing team for mm -hmm. several years, and uh, when my boy was in school, and and had a lot of kids do it. You know, a mm -hmm. lot of kids that wanted to do it, not just to goof around, but actually mm -hmm. wanted to do it, and you know, just stuff like that, and like the archery, and so yeah, we got to get, we got to keep these kids going because yep. we don't, then oh yeah, it's gonna all fall to the wayside, and it's yeah, yeah, it's gonna not yeah. be good, and. We, we were fortunate enough this morning to snow goose hunt with a couple of, you know, good, good young guys and, you know, very proud of them, you know, and the one is my nephew, but the other one, you know, I, is a buddy of the, of, uh, his, and I'm sure you, you probably know him, Chris. Um, but, uh, yeah, I was very impressed with him, you know, great kid and, yep. uh, yeah, definitely, uh, well, shoot, I mean, when we went getting ready and, you know, finally got all done cleaning up, we just went to go do that little scouting. I mean, we rolled up on that one. That yeah, SUV, that, yeah, that, totally you know, forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, that SUV, and we look out there and see, you know, you're, I'm thinking it's, you know, 30, 40-year-old men standing out here. We get closer and closer, and, dude, I bet they had three pubic hair between the six of these kids <laughs> out there. I mean, they were young. That's awesome. And, I mean, they're out That's there, dude. One, one kid was in a full ghillie suit, scared the absolute shit out of me. I didn't know he was sitting there. <laughs> but, you know, but, yeah, it's, it is. It's, it's, it's wonderful. It's amazing that, you know, getting back out into yep. it. And That's like my, my boy, he's uh, 21, but, you know, like all his buddies, like, and there's a big group of them from Knoxville. I mean, they're all just huge out, you know, fishermen. Mm -hmm. They all they all love to deer hunt. They all love to waterfowl hunt. And, I mean, that was like, you know, so with my boy, you know, growing up, of course, he was in the outdoors at a young, young age. And, uh, and but all his buddies did it, too. So it was so much damn fun, you know, mm -hmm. when them kids yeah. were growing up because 
keeps them out of trouble. Yeah. Well, you oh, know, most of the time. Most, yeah, yeah. yeah, it depends most on what, what trouble. <laughs> yeah. 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 But I mean, with that, though, I mean, it, it, it just like sports and things like that, like it, it builds a discipline. I mean, exactly. it, it's not also it's not just wake up one day, decide to go buy a brand new Matthews or a Browning or whatever. And I'm, I'm going to go out to go here and go go kill. Yeah. You know, like there is yeah. you got to figure stuff out, build your patience. You know, I mean, it, it molds you to be a, a good, good young man and a good young lady. Yeah, for sure. Because I mean, you know, usually your, you know, your kids are hanging around with all your buddies that mm-hmm. hunt, so they're learning from you. I mean, ninety percent good, ten percent bad. You mm-hmm. know, and all the bullshit's going on out in the field. But you know, but I mean, that's where they learn from, and you know, it just keeps them going and makes them a good person. Because mm-hmm. that's what outdoorsmen are. We're exactly. Good yes. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. We're rolling up on that time. I knew this hour was going to go by real quick. <laughs> knew it was going to go by real Damn, quick. Damn, it's already been an hour. Yeah. Wow. It it does, and I I I knew it was too, man. But it was your story was awesome was to incredible. hear. And I'm just gonna pull this up. Cause yeah, I don't know if if you can see this, but like I said on the camera, it does not do this thing justice. I mean, it's got drops. These brow tines are just. Something else, stickers, kickers, you oh, name I mean, it, it's got ass it. and all this stuff. So, if you're listening to this, make sure that you go through and check us out on YouTube so you can get at least an idea of what this sucker is. But I mean, it's just, I just takes my words away, which <laughs> which is pretty difficult for me. <laughs> but well, I think we're gonna have to close this off because if not, we will most definitely be here for another hour. Well, hey, man, I really appreciate it, guys. You interested awesome. to come back for another one? Oh, hell yeah. Absolutely. Awesome. That's what I like That's what to hear. For damn sure. Yep. So, all right. Well, Levi, you got anything else to finish us out here? I think that was a pretty good ending there. Oh, yeah, it was. That was real good. We greatly appreciate Chris. I mean, like, yeah, that yeah. story bringing that in. That's that's awesome, man. Oh this no, is, this is why we we started this up yeah. to go through and reach out with. Yep. I mean, we got you know big names and all this stuff like this, but like the local people that come through because yeah, like I was it. like I was saying before, there's there's big deer that get killed around here and people they they just don't know. Exactly. Yeah, Levi was texting me a couple times, you know, about doing it. I'm like, damn, man, I got something going on this night, and then I got something going right. on this night. I'm like. I wanted to do it so bad. Like, I knew it'd be so much fun. And mm-hmm. I was like, man, hopefully these guys don't give up on me. Oh, you know? no, no. Yeah, we knew this was going to be a good one. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah I was super pumped. So, yeah. It, of course, I, you know, I can sit around and talk about hunting and fishing for four days straight. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm sure I'm sure once we hit the stop <laughs> button on here, we're gonna, it's going to keep going. That, that's <laughs> all my buddies. They, uh, they're like... Uh, uh, they're like, man, you know, how, how long a podcast he do? And I said, I think it's like an hour. And uh, I said, but knowing all of us, it'll probably be like a record podcast, 36-hour podcast. Oh, it, yeah, it, it absolutely would be. Yeah, for sure. So but. that might be something to look into. <laughs> do, well, we can always do a parter. We can do one part, another part, you know, like this. I mean, Chris, Chris seems like an all right guy. Marathon, I, I, marathon I think podcast. Yeah, we, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. we can go through and do a couple part and, you know, and just stop it here and then just pick right back up into it. Well, I'll tell you, here. we get Clark down here. He, he can roll for hours. Oh, too, that, so. you ain't a joke. And he's, he's definitely one of those guys you, you, you know, you see him and this and that. And it's, you know, this man don't ever talk, but man, you get him talking about uh, hunting and this and that, and then you're like, man, this dude don't shut up. I don't think our phone conversations <laughs> are ever two hours. Oh, I ever. I completely, so. I completely believe that. Yeah. For sure. So, 
But we are going to close this off. So, But, yes, Chris, thank you again. We can't wait to get you back on. It thank was a, you guys. a lot of fun. We are going to close this up real quick. And we just want to tell everybody, you know, again, go through. Check us out on YouTube, Facebook, and all, Instagram, all that good stuff. Go through. Give us the five stars so we can keep going on. Let, uh, let us know that this is somewhat enjoyable for you guys. And that is that. So we will catch you on the next one.